take two men that happen to be cousins who share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? A corpulent cornucopia of cinematic scrutiny we call The Finleys on Film. All right, so you were saying you have something to plug. No, I have zero to plug, Joseph. All right, let's talk about our movie then. Okay. It's you start off. I'm gonna let you start this. It's 1954's <laughs> movie. It's a movie from 1954. Mm-hmm. It's uh, directed by Edward Dimitrik. Mm-hmm. starring Mr. Humphrey Bogart. Yes, I'm giving you. I'm giving you clues right. to our movie. It's uh, co-starring Van Johnson, Mr. Mm-hmm. Fred McMurray. I can't place this. And Jose Farrell. Mm-hmm. Talking, was, course, it, was it? Was there a typhoon in the supporting role here? We're talking about, of course, the <laughs> great 1954 classic, The Cane Mutiny. The Cane Mutiny. You were telling me on a road trip recently that you really <laughs> enjoyed, nah, that you really enjoyed the uh, the book. I did. By I Herman Wook. Yes, yes. Is it Wook? Pronounced Wook? It's Woke. Herman. No, it isn't. It's Herman Woke. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's the beginning of culture. Woke culture right there. It's, yeah, that's what they're referring to. Ah. Um, and you were saying... I did that, love the book. It, it, it's kind of a... It wasn't the most exciting book ever, but it was it was really well written. Had you I seen thought, the film first? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I remember reading the book in high school after it, but... And uh, you also like the Winds of War. I like the Winds of War more. It was more because it really played to my love of, of um, history. It really, it really, it really worked with a lot of things. I, I learned a lot of interesting sort of things about World War II and sort of opinions and thoughts that I never, that I never would have come across. Probably. It would have taken me years to come across them. Did you ever see the miniseries The Winds of War with Mr. Robert Mitchum? Of course, absolutely. And, and, and Robert Michael Mi- Vincent. Well, of course. it wasn't perfect. Oh, it wasn't, and who was straight and, off the success of Airwolf? Yeah. <laughs> I love, uh, and also... The Mechanic. Yeah, mechanic. God damn it. About four years after that. And Ally McGraw. Ally McGraw, yes. And Polly Bergen. Mm-hmm. No, Polly Bergen, someone I else. I don't know that one. Who's the one from uh, The Counterfeit Trader? Mm-hmm. Fucking the love interest. Uh, yeah. What, what's her name? The lady. Old what's her name, right? Yeah. William, yeah. William Holden's old, uh, old lady from old that movie. Old what's her name, and Jane Michael Vincent. <laughs> yep. And, of course, Robert Mitchum. Of course. And Ally McGraw. Yes. But we're not talking about that. No, we're not. We're talking, we're talking about, about 1954's <laughs> The Cane Mutiny. Yeah. Okay. All right, baby. What Let's the, go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Come yes. on. Because I love this movie. Of course. It's a fabulous movie. It's a flawed movie, though. It's mm-hmm. it's also very, very clumsy. And I'm not talking about it's, the acting. Yeah. I'm talking more. Well, some of that, too. I'm talking more about like the um, execution of this film is kind yeah. of bizarre. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I would say clumsy is actually a really good word for it. Like, Thank I don't you. remember when they Thank came out with the, uh, when they did the, the remake and it was just the trial. But but like the like the juxtaposition those two things on top of each other like the rest of the movie and then the trial the trial is so much better <laughs> like it's so much it's it's insanely compelling the trial the rest of it is much harder to follow wait, if so you they, haven't read the book I would say it's it's even harder to follow to be honest wait the trial is or the movie no, the movie like like the, I would say like, there's like two parts to the movie there's two very distinct parts to the movie there's the everything leading up to the trial and then there's the trial and the trial outweighs the rest of the movie pretty hard. I would say in that way, it's an incredibly uneven movie. 
And flaw uh, in that sense. Uh, there's also, not to confuse the issue here, but there was an adaptation, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, an adaptation of the book into a play yeah. called The Trial. The Trial, yeah. No, that's what oh. I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's it's so weighted that eventually at some point somebody just said, fuck it, let's just make this, let's just make a whole movie about The Trial. Uh, well, but it was a stage play. Right, right. And and I think it got turned into a into TV a movie or something like that. Uh, or okay, a film. okay, or like a Playhouse ninety or something like that. Yeah, but but, but, but okay. But I thought you were saying that the third act of the film, which is the trial, outweighs the rest of the film, it's, which it doesn't. Uh, no, but tonally, it's just such a different. It, uh, it's such a. It's it's a very different tone and feel, and it becomes more. I think it's a more compelling part than the rest of the movie. I think the rest of the movie is fine. Huh. But I find, but I find that ending, that that whole trial scene, like that's the that's the part. That's like that's like you know just getting getting a, a sweet dessert at the end. It's that much better than anything else he had that during the meal. It's interesting that you consider. I now I follow you. I might agree with you now with this with this analogy you're making that the dessert is better than the meal. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. The denouement, the third act <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> you talk about there. What you the go, Dave, about. David. Enjoy that one, please. Um, okay, Check so on the bingo. Yeah. Good specific reference there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, it's okay. Well, look, is it a film about class? Mm, yeah. Is it a film about power mm, to some degree? Sure. Is it a film about like exactly what do we mean when we say like normal? Mm. Mm, certainly. All right. So in this film, <laughs> the fuck are you going with this? <laughs> I thought that would become something. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we have we have Willie Young. Is it a movie about film going through a projector? Well, yes, in a sense. I'm trying to figure out how to talk about this film with you because you've you've announced that um, the, essentially the third act of the film, which is fine, is more compelling than everything that leads up to it. Which I would say, I, I feel that way. But, interesting. But, 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 I'm I'm, but now here's the thing: I'm not downplaying the rest of the movie. The rest of the no. movie is fine, but it just no. it jumps it jumps up a it jumps up a notch. It goes to eleven in the third <laughs> act. Okay, that's all. Yeah, yeah. So, so young Willie is uh, well. We're talking about World War II, of course. <clears throat> yes, sir. Uh, he he He's has a, a, family, a wastrel, I think, a family who word. wants to get him out of everything. Yes, and he won't be gotten out of everything. Although yes. family super rich, mom is super doting. Oh, is she a real? piece of work that mother oh, jesus christ but he's there's a couple of things going on he has a girlfriend who's a nightclub singer mm-hmm. and um but she's also uh what we'd like to call an ethnic type yes and uh she has dark hair and maybe a bit of a hint of a tan yes yeah and she's uh like an like t- italian lady yeah a real <laughs> yeah so she so he he has almost like the secret girlfriend his family doesn't know about it um he will introduce the girlfriend to the mother uh, the mother tries through the influence of like um, uh, uncles who know senators. Um, they have right. uh, 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 trying to get him out of the war. Mm-hmm. He will not be gotten out of. He's or get him something super cushy so that yeah, yeah, so that cushy. his life is never in danger. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. So he uh, um, he's assigned to the cane. The cane. The what cane. a what a bucket of bolts this ah, thing. So, oh. so named after the uh, the man who killed his brother. <laughs> Mark that. I don't, yeah, like, like put it this way. I don't think Her, in, 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 I don't think Herman woke is necessarily when it comes to biblical references in any of his books. I don't think he's ever fucking subtle. And the cane definitely, oh, definitely. Wait, are you being serious? Yeah. Is that is that a known thing about about the the ship that it's yeah the outcast the ship right? It's the the, the guy named after Cain. Yeah, that's. But I mean, is that your theory or is that something? No, that's from the book. Like a couple of them actually talk about that oh, in okay. the book. And and again, right. I think woke I mean, really. Good. 
uses a lot of biblical sort of imagery. What else does he use? Because I, I, I missed all of that. Well, go watch the winds. Go read the winds of war. Trust well, I'm not me going to. But what is he? What is he using the cane mutiny? Uh, that's biblical. Well, the cane certainly. I mean, that's that. that that's even <laughs> mentioned in the thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, I, I'm sorry. Enough. I didn't read read the book. For no, this no, podcast, no. You just made a claim. I just I thought you had more. All right. No. That's fine. So this is the one at least. That's that's interesting enough. Um, yeah. Okay. So so. Um, yeah. 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 Style. Talk about Tom Tully, man. Tom Tully. Oh, oh, you love the Tom his, Tully. His second best role. Th- second best role. First role, of course, uh, Charlie Varick. Now, this guy's a fucking character actor from the time uh, from the, from that time period. He was in yeah. what Soldier of Fortune. Uh, he plays the captain on the on the on the cane when when Willie, our, our protagonist, our supposed protagonist, first shows up. Yeah. He's the uh, he's the captain of the ship, and he's he's got a tough love approach to his uh, to his officers, particularly to his younger ones. And Willie's a bit of a fuck up. He's very careless. He hasn't been taught to care. Yeah, that's, that's a fair part statement. Of the thing. I, I mean, like the, that, yeah. ultimately, if you really get down to it, most of this book is uh, is a movie. coming of age. Yeah, you know, most of the movie yeah. is really a, is supposed to be a coming of age story for this guy, Willie. You know, becoming a man, becoming uh, you know, growing up and then becoming a man in the context of the military, which is not something he was ever going to do in the clutches of his of his dear sweet mom. And part of that also is him finally fessing up to his love for this woman and sort of trying to trying to rescue her from the 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 dustbin that her, his mom wants her. To go to, right? you know, I don't, I don't uh, reject any of that. What you're saying, but what's interesting, though, if if we accept that this is a at least partially a story, this is a great him, noir. No, sir, <laughs> becoming a man is that he doesn't. No, not really. Not, not, not. The movie doesn't get to that at all. Yeah, yeah. it really, it really doesn't get you to that point very much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of hinted, like when he when he looks at Fred McMurray like an asshole at the end of the movie. Maybe that's supposed to signify that he's sort of taking a little responsibility. But it, yeah, it's the movie. The movie doesn't get come. It doesn't really get that part of it well done. Everything's contextualized. You're right because the thing is, whatever failings these people have, and part of the the mission of this. I mean the book, I guess, but also the movie is to is to demonstrate that um, who we think is right or who we think is a hero or what we think is right is not necessarily so. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true for all of them. But then, as soon as you remember Fred McMurray uh, and his role in this film, you realize, uh, oh, there are depths yeah. of that. There, are, there's a hierarchy of yeah. of uh, mistakenness, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite Fred ahead. McMurray villain roles, I got to say, this and The Apartment. I think those are the only two I know, but but they're so clearly villain roles for him mm-hmm. that um, he. He stands in my mind as one of the great movie villains, but I, I only think he's been a villain twice, uh, to my knowledge, because well, he was feel my it three right sons. Here in this spot of my stomach, right here. He was, uh, he was my three sons. Yeah, that's right. He was, he played that guy, not mom, pot kettle, but there was a series of like the, f- the friendly farm couple huh. in the forties. I know not this one. <laughs> there was um, the Billy Wilder movie. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Double Indemnity. Double Indemnity. Yep. Yeah, so it's like a, he's a, two movies. He's been, but he's been—he was so good as a heavy in those two movies that mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah, that's what comes across. Yeah, absolutely. God damn it, McMurray. Yeah, McMurray, bringing it. So bringing and then, the we, heat. then we have Van Johnson, who's just a. Um, He's a career Navy guy, but he's a dope. Yeah, he's not a smart man. And the, oh, to no. his credit, he's a, he's totally aware of that fact. He feels very outclassed by Fred McMurray and Willie, our protagonist, who is a Princeton fellow. You know. Yeah. All right. So so I like the doesn't f- have the education, but he really wants to be a Navy guy. Well, does he? Does That's he his thing. That's a he really Navy wants to become guy? regular Navy. Because he's, he's a career. A, he's a naval reservist. He wants to become. A, yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not making that up. They say it in the movie as well. Okay. It's in, I the, it's in the book. It's in the movie. That's his big thing. That's, his dream is to become a regular Navy man. And that's what brings the ultimate tragedy to, to the outcome that we come to. I did not know that. Yeah. Now, I'm gonna, I'll fault myself for not knowing that. But, but I, I'm also going to say, like, I don't think it was played up enough in the film. No, it wasn't. No, no. It wasn't played up. I would say not enough. That's one of the flaws of the film, I think. In that sense, he's the only one who ends up paying a serious price at the end of this thing, and they don't really play that up. I didn't get that at all from this film. I didn't get anyone paying a price except for Van Johnson. Well, that's what I'm saying, Van Johnson, yeah. That's who we're talking about. That's who I'm talking about. (sighs) No, I I said Willie, and you started talking about that, and I was like, I didn't know Willie had like a career plan. Oh, good God! You misheard me. I said Willie, and you—I thought you you was going to go violate an Italian chick. (laughs) That's what I thought. I was like, I missed that entirely. No, no, Van Johnson. Oh yeah, well, let's talk about Van Johnson for a second. Do that. That's okay. Anyways, Uh, um, all right. So the first. (laughs) So the first third of the uh, the first act really is about. Uh, us seeing this ship through the eyes of Willie and right. all of it's sort of like um, how dysfunctional but, but kind of functional it is at the same right. time, right? Yeah. The, only thing, the only thing holding it together is the rest. Like that's one of the lines from the movie and that's kind yeah. of what's going on overall. It's competently held together by rust. I worked uh, overnight uh, for years at this um, um, hospital where we were supposed to be taking care of people. But in fact, um, what we did is some, my coworker brought in a, an inflatable raft one day and he said, uh, we'll keep this in the big utility closet and one of us can sleep for four hours and we'll blow it up. And the other one, and we'll just switch sleeping every night. Nice. Okay. Yeah, we made a few bucks sleeping. All right. This is what the cane ship strikes me as. It's just fun. It's not, if, you know, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do in terms right. of like the protection of our country, but mm-hmm. somehow the guys who worked it have been working it for years. Right, right. And they're very efficient at what they do, which is such a hyper-specialized thing that, yeah. you know, so, so somebody who could just do that fucking job is going to get away with just doing that job. And that's what they, they, they specialize in that. But and so that, does our captain, Tom Tully. He's the one leading that parade at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And, and okay. So, so. He, you were mentioning before we talked about this earlier. He, uh, he's transferred. Like that's the way you get promoted in the navy. Yeah, I mean, the captain runs the ship for a certain amount of time. Honestly, I have no idea what. Uh, what mm-hmm. I have no idea, like if there's a time limit or anything. I have no idea why they do it. But they, right. but the captain, the, you know, like a captain of a ship will move on to another role at some point. They don't stay. They don't say captain for their for their whole career. Okay. Right. All right. So the first third is just about us introducing him to like the dysfunction. We have like um, some some great sort of bit players. Lee Marvin in an early role, Mm. same year that he did Bad Day at Black Rock, maybe the year before. Um, Jerry Paris, who's um, sort of famous for being on the Dick Van Dyke Show and created creating uh, Happy Days. Okay. Um, he plays the guy whose wife goes into labor. Oh, you're right, right, right. Reveals a bit of exposition later on. Mm-hmm. So it's really about like, okay, Tom Tully is kind of an asshole, but like uh, with a heart of gold, maybe down there, deep down there somewhere. Right. right. At least the men respect who he is, and he brings a sort of like um, stability right. in their dysfunctional, functional world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second act, we have his replacement, 
Right. Who is? Senor Humphrey of Bogart. Yeah. Good golly. We're, we're given to understand pretty pretty early on that he's got some um, peculiarities. Some peculiarities, yes. In fact, he's kind of pretty heavily neurotic for sure. He's not at all what the other captain had been. and that the other, Everybody immediately on this boat, immediate, except for Willie actually, immediately resent him for not being this, the, the, having the same slovenly approach as the previous captain. Had had. I think that's a, the, kind of a strength of the story, too, because mm-hmm. in a way, we're I think we readers or viewers are meant to be a little bit confused, or a, bit, a bit conflicted, I should say. Sure. Because on the one hand, he seems kind of nuts and rigid, and on the other hand, it seems totally appropriate that he would be riding that ship. Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah, you should be in fucking uniform when you're in the Navy, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah. So so in a sense, it's yeah. You know, you're right. The conflict is there. It's built in. You kind of love the old captain as he's leaving, and there's Ish, no particular yeah. reason you should. Yeah. And there's no reason you should automatically hate this guy and turn on him and then that's kind of the crux of the movie is is how the the notion of like a captain as the person ultimately in charge um, how it becomes subverted yeah. out of convenience more than anything else by the, by the uh, by the by the officers who shouldn't be doing that at all when was this book when was the book written Oh, 49, so somewhere it's, it's in that. post-World War II. Post-World War II, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, because yeah, what's-his-name uh, was in the Navy. This is, it, there's some senses in which supposedly this is a little bit autobiographical of Herman Woke. Well, wait. I mean, that's weird because if the one the guy who plays the writer on the ship is McMurray, who's a complete piece of dog doo-doo. Yeah. So is he telling on himself? No, I think he's supposedly kind of a, I think he might be a mix of like the Willie character and the McFred McMurray character as well. Mm, I don't okay. know. He, he never really makes that clear. But like the whole thing of the coming of age in the book is very clear. That's where it's going. As, we, as we've already talked, it, it doesn't come through nearly as strong in the movie. I think I remember reading in the book that Willie and May, who's the girlfriend, the <laughs> quote unquote ethnic girlfriend, that, they, um, that he gets laid. Yes, he for does. For the first time. Right. That's in the movie, too. It's implied in the movie, for sure. When they go to Yosemite, I was just and then they can't, look at each other, they can't look each other in the eyes the next morning. And then the waterfall just starts spraying it's erratically. Just, and yeah. sooner than expected. Just all over, the, just all over her and face. the canyon is just completely dry and unsatisfied. <laughs> that part? Yeah, that part. That's yeah. what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, how willy is inadequate. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, all right. So, um, what happens somewhere in Act Two is that the tension gets racketed up, and several things are revealed. And ones that Captain Quig, as played by Humphrey Bogart, is not just peculiar, but like nuts, increasingly neurotic. Yeah. But also, as part of that, he's a bit of a coward. <clears throat> yes. And so he has all this stuff to prove, and he has two strikes against him in terms of proving it. Mm-hmm. He can't truly be efficient unless he's so overly efficient that he's brutal like a tyrant right, right. you know uh, mm-hmm. a la the the strawberry incident right right right, right. um and then we have um this omniscience through sort of minor characters where we get to understand exactly well see here's what's great about it. we think we understand exactly how neurotic this captain is mm-hmm. when we get in, we get little bits of information from people. Well, what's really kind of brilliant about the story is that it, it be, we begin to understand it's really just a big game of telephone in, in a way, right? We're mm-hmm. not getting real information. We're getting perceptions. And by the way, the perceptions that would normally be colored by a, anytime you have a boss yeah. and b the, the, the tensions of war. 
Right. Well, and the other thing about it, too, is that, uh, again, it's not just the tension of the war, but it's also the military thing going on as well. Again, the job of the officers on the ship is just partially to support what the captain is doing. So the captain starts coming across as a tyrant. Well, the officers aren't supposed to throw him under the bus as a tyrant every fucking time he does something unpopular. The officers have to take a certain amount of responsibility well, of for course. that. That's the nature of it. But they do. But in this case, they all, they're mostly Shirk. The only one he doesn't is the uh, Van Johnson character. He's the one who tries to be, for, for, the, for the majority of the movie, tries to be that officer, the best kind of officer he can under the circumstances. You got a tyrant, you have to work with that fucking thing. Huh. Okay. That's. I mean. Yeah. I see what you're saying. It seems like to me there's there's gradations. It's like he's the he's loyal, as you say. Mm-hmm. I would say Willie is sort of like in between. Like, yeah. Tuck in that shirt tail, animal. Like well, he's he starts, on the one hand he yeah. wants to support him, but he's, and then of course you just have McMurray, who's a piece of garbage, <laughs> undermining every fucking thing and yeah. everybody on the thing. Why, yeah. why is what makes him so good at being garbage? Because he looks he looks most he looks suave as fuck. He looks like he looks nice and and slick, and so the combination of those of him not being nice but being that slick, it subverts the expectation. He's, he's just that's, he's that's so good solid at solid analysis. I like that. Oh yeah, take that, Joey. Oh. You've redeemed yourself for the, the the biblical analogy, sir. Yeah. All right. You and your biblical thing. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, of course, we have the 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 uh, climax of the movie. Oh yeah, big gushing Is climax. climax. Not, the, not the Yosemite <laughs> firefalls that we, one might expect. The um, ocean, the big throbbing ocean. And that's the mutiny itself. Yeah. You ever seen Mutiny in the Bounty? Which one? Uh, any of them. Yes, I don't remember too many, too much about. Mm. Bunch of whiny fucking English sailors. Let me get you. Let me tell you that. Yeah. How yeah. many? How many times has there been a mutiny? By the way, in the in the U.S. Navy. One. Then they made a movie out of that, The Sand Pebbles. Oh yeah. That's the that's the that's only the one only mutiny. I, I believe it is. Yeah. I seem like there should be more. I mean, I'm not encouraging anyone, but that does seem like there should be more mutinies. Well, insofar as like a full mutiny that stole a ship and, and like went it went full mutiny, that's the only one that I'm aware of. I mean, there, there have been like have this been like, has been disobedience, of course, here and there, but like there, you know, in a mutiny in that sense. What but, about like unsuccessful mutinies where they tried to do that? I don't know. Not that, that I'm aware of. As far as I know, the San Pablo is the only one that's oh, ever that's had a interesting. mutiny. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, uh, there is a mutiny. Mm-hmm. And um, during, the, during the during well, let's a little back to, uh, during the middle of a typhoon out in the uh, out in the Pacific, which is where the, which is the theater war that they're in. Uh, they the cap, captain Queeg panics basically. Humphrey Bogart's character panics, and so or and so the the officers d- divest him of power and take over, and thus a full yeah, but, mutiny occurs. Uh, okay, but here's what's interesting: Did he panic? That's. I think it's a real question because that's that's kind of what comes up in the trial is I, we're le- we're really never sure that he did the wrong thing. Yeah. And no, that's, that's true, absolutely. But by this point, Fred McMurray has so undermined the faith of everybody, including the Van Johnson character, who's the executive officer of the ship, uh, in his sanity, in in, in Queeg's sanity. He's done so much to undermine that fact that that becomes the assumption that everybody proceeds under. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? It's sort of like he's creating a, a, a pandemic of, of insanity himself. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't say he's gaslighting because that, that's more intentional. He's too cowardly to be gaslighting. <laughs> right. Right? Yes. Right. 
Yeah. And then, of course, when the opportunity during the trial comes for him to present his side of the argument, no. he just, oh, I don't oh, know what you're saying. guy. Never saw Captain mm, Quee. No. Oh, fuck. He's just gone back in this movie. Yeah. And so um, another great performance comes with uh, Jose Ferrer. Yeah. That's, uh, he really bring, I, yeah, he brings a whole other energy to the rest of the movie. That's part. I think that's partly what I'm talking about. How I much mean, of, of his great acting is really just that he has that voice? I don't know. What a fucking voice, man. It's just the voice, but there's, all, there's you feel something behind that voice. There's a sincerity that goes with that voice. I don't know how else to put that. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense, Tom. Ah, anyway. Yeah, all right. So now we get to that part that you think is, uh, you feel is the highlight. Of course. And that's the trial. Yeah, the trial. Absolutely. Yeah, E.G. Marshall, say. by the way. E.G. Marshall. Oh. I had such a great cast at this one. Yes. Yes. Jose Sarrar just going head to head, bongity bong bong. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the technical. Yeah, that's, that's legally. Sorry, yeah, I, military I, I, talk. Yeah, okay. Well, that's it. Uh, music. Uh, I'm never. A, I'm honestly never a fan of move of mo- military movies that just throw military. It's got a lot of music. A little, yeah, little, little, little. What's the name? Philip Sousa. Uh, Dinesh Philip D'Souza. Hoffman? Dinesh D'Souza, 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 D'Souza music at the back. <laughs> Dinesh D'Souza. <laughs> yeah, Philip. Uh, no, uh, fuck, fuck you. Dinesh D'Souza Hoffman. <laughs> John Philip Sousa, yeah. They just throw like that that kind of military-ish sounding music behind it. I was, you know, even when I was in the Navy, I wasn't a fan of unnecessary military music. Yeah, and it's also like not a movie that I feel is very well edited. It just sort of blockily goes from one thing to another. Yeah. It's just like such a compelling It's a flawed fucking movie. It It really is. is. But it is a great, I love this movie. Well, it works and it's held together a lot of it, I think, just by the acting. There's the Fred McMurray and then at the end during that fucking. Did we mention that guy's an asshole? Humphrey Bogart, that maybe okay. Well, I'm going to say it. I think this might be his best acting. What about you? No, I would say I, I, your inclination is good, though. I would say um, Treasures Here, Madre, um, and then the Africa Queen. I don't uh, know. Also, the Night are two uh, triumphs of acting, and then you oh, have this one. Oh shit! What's the one where he gets shot in the uh, in the, the Yosemite area? He gets shot. Is that a euphemism in the no, 70s? No, 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 no. He, play, he plays a gangster. He's trying to make a break for it. Oh, High Sierra, of course. High Sierra, yeah. yeah. Really good in that, too. That's actually the Sierras, I think. Yeah, the high ones, yeah. Yeah. That's where Yosemite is, dummy. It's in the Sierras. Okay, calm down. Jesus, Jesus dummy. Come on, dummy. <laughs> that biblical thing really threw you, man. Oh, man. No, it threw you. All right. What? Okay. Um, Another to plug. Don't even ask. Do you have a plug? <laughs> no, I don't. I would. I can't even afford a plug at this point. Can you the, the, plug is gonna be, the plug is going to be a shotgun shell. No, I don't have a website at the moment. I'm working on it. Far off. Now, if people want to YouTube you, how would they go about that? Uh, good luck. <laughs> Type in Tom Smith comedian fat bald. I don't know how else to do it because yeah. there's about seven Tom Smith doing comedy in L.A. right mm, now. Mm, mm, mm. So, um, yeah, good luck on that one. But you can come check it out. All right, buddy. Hey, I had a good time talking about the K-Media. I did, too. That's a good movie. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Th- th- thumbs up, yes? 